Welcome to Heavy Strategy. This is episode 17, where we talk about the uh, topics where most often the question is more interesting than the actual answer. When we're expanding on things, we're trying to do some analysis without providing the answers because only you know what the answers are. Uh, today's topic is API management. Now, Jonah's got to be in a bonnet about APIs as something that you need to manage it. And I am blanking totally about the purpose of this topic. So, Jonah, welcome to the show. Let's get started on this. Please. Well, I think there's a lot of interesting places to get started. Uh, I think the first one really, though, is we should talk about what infrastructure teams should do when the as-a-service universe is taking over whatever it is that they do. And when I say as-a-service, I'm not just talking about, you know, buying SaaS for Workday or Salesforce or something like that. But what happens when you're getting network as a service, firewall as a service, identity and access management as a service, storage as a service, disaster recovery as a service, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. If you're getting infrastructure services as services, how does that change your job? I think the first thing is to recognize <clears throat> that there's a massive transition, obviously, when you move from buying stuff and then having an asset. So, so most of us are well experienced in having the idea of buying a server and putting it in the server room or having buying some sort of network, a switch or a router or a storage array, and, and that's what we have, right? Or a branch, and we go and set up infrastructure. And the first part about this is that most as-a-services don't have a hardware component. Some do, and if they do, it might actually be in an off-prem cloud or an edge cloud or in someone else's data center, and you might not necessarily have it. So the first thing to come to grips with is the fact that you may be buying something that's a pure software service, not a product. It's a product, but not a physical asset. It's a bit like catching a taxi instead of owning a car. There are trade-offs that you have to start to accept. When you have a car, you can do anything, anytime. The car's outside, but you have obligations to keep it maintained and to replace it and to get it serviced and all that sort of stuff. And perhaps the flip side of that is with a taxi is you have none of that maintenance, but on the other hand, you have to wait for the taxi or you have to fit in with the terms that the taxi gives you in the service. That's the first step is you have to embrace the change as the as the <laughs> as self-help gurus would say. And I think there's there's two double clicks down from that that become very important. Um, I'm reminded of the fundamental shift that happened when people stopped really building things and started buying stuff and hooking together, you know, hooking it together in the, you know, early, well, in the 80s and early 90s when, you know, it really wasn't about writing code for mainframes anymore, but it was about buying off-the-shelf solutions and figuring out how to make them work, which leads me to the first observation, which is it's all about the interfaces, read APIs, and API management. And the more clueful of our clients are starting to wake up and say, you know what? API management is actually a skill and a discipline that our infrastructure people are going to have to get into, not because infrastructure people are API-centric by nature. Obviously, APIs are you know software components, but because infrastructure people are the people who have the expertise in gluing together dissimilar interfaces to make them work and making sure that they're not inadvertently introducing security vulnerabilities when they do that. So API security and management needs to become a discipline in my... I think what you're alluding to there is this sort of the software-defined nature of infrastructure exactly. as we go forward. So the idea that instead of buying a server to run an app, 
you have a VM. Or or you have an ASS, again, and it's as, a, as service, a service, yeah. and the question is, before you buy it, you want to know what APIs it's got, and are you going to integrate it into another, well, um, okay. because that that is actually, no, that's actually something that a lot of folks are actually doing. You don't just buy it naively, plug it in, and let it run. It actually has to integrate into all the other components in your infrastructure, and the way it does that is via APIs. In my view, the API is important because what it does is it, it, it removes you from the manual drudgery of booting a server and instantiating a VM and so forth onto the box. And removing those tasks and abstracting them away with an API is a desirable feature. It's usually a part of as a service. That's where I'm going to disagree. Yeah. In almost every organization I've seen, the vendors don't solve the problem. The vendors solve the problem by publishing the API. Managing the APIs, you know, providing the actual integration for the APIs is mm. actually up to you. We do that ourselves as a small company. If we want to get A glued to B, there's usually a C in the middle that has APIs to B, B and A. We glue those together, we manage them, and we try to make sure that nothing breaks so that the entire end-to-end -end system, the components of the system are software, but the problem doesn't change. You're still gluing components together but you're not you're, sitting in a in a graphical console clicking buttons to instantiate a vm or to create an evbn you actually want to be able to do it from an api now, yes but the point is you then have to manage the apis and keep track of the apis as individual assets themselves mm. because those then become virtual assets that have to be managed and secured integrated updated and all the other things so you're just taking all those skills that you had sitting in that console clicking buttons and changing them to a new environment where you're still sitting at a console clicking buttons or just different buttons. And you have to be thinking about managing APIs as their own set of assets. I, I, I'm a bit mixed on this, right? In some part, I agree with you, It's, but I also think it might be aspirational <laughs> in the sense that we do want to be managing services by APIs because it does reduce a lot of complexity. So if I can define a VM or a container by making a call and saying, I need this much memory with this operating system or this container image and with this software deployed, please go and download and run this script on install. And now I've got a container that does a thing, right? It's a web server or it's a, a you know, runs a Python environment or a JavaScript environment, whatever it might be, right? That's also a point of evolution. People often start with a manual invocation before moving to API operations. Now that said, you want API operations because you want to be able to have tools that call APIs. If I want to create um, a deployment of an entire environment, let's say my enterprise has a bunch of developers and they're going to deploy an upgrade. The best way to deploy an upgrade isn't to go in and update the existing code. It's to take the whole environment, build a brand new environment and have it ready to go and then just cut over to it, right? But to do that, you have to deploy 50 containers, a database connection, firewall rules, various things associated, service mesh configuration. Having APIs to do that makes sense, but I'm not sure everybody's ready for that yet. I, I'm not sure I agree on that because I don't think it's a matter of being ready for it. The point is they exist. If you are trying to perform a function, you don't really have a choice, especially when you're working in SaaS. And part of part of the confusion is you're talking IaaS and PaaS and I'm talking SaaS. Mm. If you're buying everything as a SaaS, the way you get those things to integrate together to an infrastructure is via API. The SaaS comes with the APIs. You don't get a choice about it. And your only question is the degree to which you automate that integration and automate that management. You're still using the APIs. It's not yeah, optional Generally, SaaS to use services the APIs. have APIs because the vendor uses them themselves. 
the troubleshooting? Uh, well, yes, but the vendor also creates APIs because they realize that having APIs is essential. It's a bit like in a tender, everybody says, I need to have these features, but they only use about 20% of them, right? Uh, so yeah, but that's that's very different. That's saying we only use 20% of the features of the API. It's not really an option to not use the API, I guess is what I keep saying kind of again and again. Mm. It's the the, cha the challenge is how do you no, manage them? I agree with how you do, that you everybody know, will be using APIs eventually. My point well, is- You don't have a choice. There's no, essentially nobody, no, at least no large enterprise is going to well, deploy a SaaS, a SaaS infrastructure- if you're using VMware on Google Cloud, they've got APIs. Yeah, but that's I that's I asked. That's not SaaS. If yeah. I'm using firewall as a service, I am as a service. Anything as a service. If you're offering, if you're, if, yeah. But if I'm using it as a service, I'm not operating in an isolation. I'm never going to operate in an I think isolation. You're more, that, I think you're more referring to it like if I'm using Salesforce. And no, I'm I've not got... referring to Salesforce. I'm referring to like firewall as a service, an infrastructure right. application as a service. Nobody uses firewalls in isolation. It's simply not possible. That's yeah. not real. It doesn't exist. But at this point in time, it, while firewalls may have APIs, I rarely have a, a tool that configures the firewall via the API. I would disagree on that. And first of all, it's because you're not manually configuring the firewalls. The firewalls need to be configured in response to a policy. The policy may be set by another IaaS hmm. or or SaaS, and that SaaS is talking to the firewall SaaS via an API because it has no other way to do it. And the only question is, is that API secure? Is it up to date? Are, are the calls actually going through the way you expected them to go through? So whether you like it or not, you're catapulted into this world of managing APIs as an asset. I'm not sure I agree with that because I don't see how somebody else's APIs are my asset. Because you may, because what happens is they are updating them or not updating them, and they're yeah. updating, and they're updating them and not updating them causes failure in your system. So it's a bit like, for example, uh, to use a very simple example, many years ago, Nemertis had a website that had fifty-three plugins. Mm -hmm. Essentially, all the plugins are are little software applications that somebody else wrote for you know the platform that we used. The problem is they're going to update these things whenever they damn well feel like it, and you know that means that one of the fifty three plugins suddenly doesn't work, and all the other plugins stop, and stupid functions stop. So you actually have to have a process in place and a management scheme in place that says when are we updating the plugins how do we check that the plug the newly updated plugin doesn't introduce a security vulnerability and does in fact work with the other 52 plugins as well as working with the actual core platform which is a, a surprisingly i don't want to say labor intensive because if you build in the right process it's actually minor extremely mm -hmm. minor in terms of labor but it means you can't just sort of build the website and assume that the vendors are going to do their thing and everything's going to work because the vendors well, are not actually communicating with each other. I, I think you're hitting on a point here that SaaS is not an, an all-encompassing solution. So whenever you buy something as a service, uh, the customer is still responsible for making it work. You're still responsible for telling the taxi where you want to go. You're still responsible for deciding when to call the taxi, you know, that sort of thing and having the destination ready. You don't just get into the taxi and say- But, but think, I guess the reason I keep pushing back on this is riding in a taxi is sort of a one-off. It's, it's, you can do it in isolation. I wanna get from point A to point B. It's a bit more as if you were saying, I have a dispersed 
a dispersed universe of 90,000 employees. And for whatever reason, I am suddenly responsible for getting my 90,000 employees into taxis to get where they want to go, which means I am now managing multiple taxi companies, as well as multiple independent taxi drivers to get my employees where they want to go. And you can argue that it's the vendor's problem, but at the end of the day, it's my problem to get my employees where they need to go. And I, I'm that's not a real scenario. I don't think anyone would ever do that. But the thing is, looking at it as a one-off is very different from looking at it in the context of an enterprise environment when these SaaS services are never operating in isolation, at least not the ones that are for infrastructure. And that's why you know we're talking about infrastructure in particular. Uh, so maybe what you're alluding to then is if I start writing code that draws on an API have an asset register of that API because it directly impacts my business. I, I, need to, I, I need to have an asset, an AC, API asset registry, absolutely, but I, I need more than that. I need automation because as you talked about, you know, you're not going to be doing this manually. I need to be able to automatedly, to use a word, validate the nature of changes to the APIs, the current status of the APIs, who's talking mm. to whom. And when those things get updated by the vendor to see if, oh my God, in my core system between the IAM as a service and the firewall as a service, somebody just introduced a flaw that means that a core process of mine suddenly just stopped so working. So in the same way that you would have an asset management of servers, and if some of them, one of them flamed out, you need to know that that's your server and what its number is. You're saying that API is needs to be asset managed not necessarily to document what APIs are available today, document what APIs you're using. What you're using, how you're using them, what version they are, and what the process is that's, you know, what the de process dependencies are. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and these are all sort of the standard things that you had to do back in the day when you were dealing with routers and services infrastructure. Nothing's changed, it's just that it's all virtual and abstracted. So in a sense, you know, you're still sitting at that console clicking buttons. You're just doing different things when you're clicking those buttons. But not everybody uses the API is, is also my point. A lot of people- But I keep still... coming back to only in a very small organization, you know, again, let's, let's stress the problem. We're not talking about Salesforce. We're not talking about Workday mm. where there's one big program and everything else sort of spins off. We're talking about, we're talking about infrastructures infrastructure software as a service, there is no way to get from service number one to service number two except via an API. So unless the only thing you're using as ass is <laughs> is firewalls, I know we're, we're just so juvenile over here. <laughs> if, if the only thing you're using is a single infrastructure service, in which case you're not a very big company and that's, uh, that's an outlier example. Everybody's using APIs because that's the only way to glue the services together. It's well, a bit I, like saying, well, like, you're also hey, that people have multiple services under, like, multiple well, as a service functions around. Because because if everything is as a service, you kind of have to. If everything's moving to as a service, there isn't a single service out there that's going to give you servers as a service, firewalls as a service, network as a service, identity as a service. There's no one giant God box in the sky. So you're mm -hmm. buying a bunch of different services from a bunch of different vendors, usually, not always, sometimes the same vendors, but they still need APIs mm -hmm. and they have to intercommunicate. And, that, and the reason I'm uh, being emphatic about this is because a lot of people come at it a bit from the standpoint that you have, which is, on the one-off scenario and the taxi idea, if that's your framework, the APIs are optional and not that important. But if you realize that you're replacing all your routers with a service, you're replacing all your firewalls with a service and they're not the same service, you can't not have your firewalls talk to your routers, therefore 
you must be using an API. So therefore, APIs are A, no longer optional, and B, you know, the complexity becomes, as you said, really key. You have to have API asset management in there to start with. Yeah, I, no, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not sure, to be fair, I'm not sure I entirely agree in the sense that they're for certain types of organizations that are large enough and substantial enough who have purchased sufficient level, I think API management becomes in the same way that well, companies okay, that have small numbers of assets and you can walk into a room and see them all and know them all. But if you have multiple data centers and lots of complexity and a large enough number and diverse enough number, then all of a sudden you need to have asset management to track everything. Um, not not everybody's got that level of sophistication. Well, yes, stuff. but no. I mean, the problem is it's not sophistication is what I'm trying to get at. If if you assume that the fundamental assumption of this discussion is false, then yes. But since we assumed we assumed going into this that everything is moving to as a service, the point is everything is not moving to a single service provided by a single vendor that's all nicely integrated. Everything is moving to multiple services delivered by multiple vendors. And no matter how small and unsophisticated you are, you still have servers, you know, you have servers, you have storage, you have some degree of networking, and you have some degree of security, and those things are all getting delivered as separate services that you're integrating. I mean, again, I keep using Nemertes. You can't get any smaller and less sophisticated than us, because at the core of what we do, you know, we're sitting around, we're a bunch of people with PowerPoint, right? We don't really need any infrastructure. But even then, we actually have a fairly, uh, I won't say complex, but certainly focused API management because we have to get, you know, service A talking to service B, and these are all infrastructure services. So I, you know, if you accept the assumption that we started the conversation with, which is everything is moving to as a service in the infrastructure world, the key thing is, it's not complexity to say everything is moving to individual services and very few organizations are moving to a single service and then keeping everything else in hardware. That's not a, that's not a common scenario. That may be when people are first starting. It also upends the basic assumption that we're having this debate on, <laughs> which is that everything's as a service. The nature of the service is that APIs are important in the sense that sophisticated users need them. But I'm equally not convinced that everything has an API. Like, for example, Microsoft Office hosted on Azure. You can use Microsoft Office and Excel and APIs to drive that. Yeah, but that's not a, that's not really that's a that's a user application. That's not an infrastructure application. Again, yeah, so if I'm buying a network app, network as a service application, yes. uh, if I'm buying firewall as a service, those are two things that don't usually come from the same vendor do need to communicate and therefore communicate only through APIs. People who buy products as a service quite often don't use the APIs. So for example, if you're buying a network as a service product and uh, let's say you've got, uh, you're buying from a company who's basically got an automation platform built on top of legacy MPLS. What they've done is they've partnered with, they've got pops all over the place. And when you click a button, they can pre-configure bandwidth from this data center to this data center because they've got pre-provisioned bandwidth and they spend some time and money building an automation platform that does that for you. A lot of people don't need to make that, that, changes to that environment. Now, that is network as a service, or it's a one version of a network well, as that, a service. Well, that, that, no, see, that I wouldn't call that network as a service. That's a sort of classic IAS model. 
Network as a service is when the provider provides you with a software as a service version of network as a service. There's a handful of vendors that do this and you literally just plug into the network and the way you configure anything to that network is via APIs. So that's a very different scenario. By the way, I just uh, pulled well, up some the research since we're debating these. Yeah, they're, they're, um, oh, uh, the, the, some of the some of the early terms for this were integration platform as a service and uh, application platform as a service, IPaaS and APaaS. Uh, and in some research we did back in 2019, essentially uh, about 75% of organizations said they were planning to use iPaaS, which is basically a platform that glues together a bunch of APIs uh, by the end of 2020. Um, so even if most of them didn't quite get there, we're still looking at 50% adoption. And the reason is because, again, as I keep saying, it's not possible to go out and get a service, uh, infrastructure as a service, and then use another infrastructure as a service and not have the two of them talk. And the only way the two of them talk is via APIs. So yeah, our data says absolutely conclusively that most people, even small, unsophisticated organizations, if they're doing things as a service, are using some degree of API integration. Yeah, I think that's true for sophisticated companies, but I think there's, and I'll come back to my point, is I think that for a lot of companies, when they buy a service, they're not going to use an API to use it. And Microsoft Office is an extreme example. Yeah, yeah but, that's not, but that's not an example of an infrastructure service. It's irrelevant. It's like saying, yeah, I buy Salesforce okay. and well, I don't use APIs. A lot of APIs. network as a services is I can go into a, a web page and click this and this and this and have bandwidth provision between point A and point B. Right, and but how am I deal with it And not have to deal with a telco, not have to clown around with the data center provider or the colo provider or get licenses and wait weeks. But that is not so an So how do I get my policy applied to all of those? Are you saying I'm going to go in and then click around and manually do that? It's not no. Requirement. And this is the, this I, I mean, our, I, all I can say is our data tells us that If I'm going to talk to Amazon, I don't have to use an API to configure stuff. Right. But who, whoever just runs a network and doesn't also run security? Nobody. But they Nobody. also don't necessarily do that via an, an API is not mandatory. It is remains optional but just it, just to be clear the api is not between the user and the service that may be the fundamental no, confusion no, it is the api the... is between the service and the service and the point is there's nobody that uses a single service and to connect service a and service b you can't do that manually you are do you 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 are doing that via apis and no, that's, that's the that's, that's the main what point I'm in infrastructure not not at all if but, i've got an a3 if i've got an aws s3 bucket and I've got a GCP storage bucket, and I've got an Azure storage bucket. I can either do them manually and configure. But them now manually. you switched back. Ever all of your examples keep switching back into not the problem at hand. That's yeah. an infrastructure as a service, which absolutely I agree. Okay. But if yeah. you're buying firewall as a service, if you're buying identity management as a service, if you're buying the routers of as a service, people are still configuring them via GUI. They're not using API tools. They may be configuring them directly, but to they if, have both of them. If I have and a Palo Alto are, firewall deployed on top of a, you know, um, on top of a CloudGenix, which is their SD-WAN product, and I have them both deployed, I yeah. may well be configuring them via the cloud and, and console my, and, our and their APIs may be there. But that is not my problem. That is Palo Alto's problem. Uh, it is. Well, if it's all coming from Palo Alto, it is. But it usually mm -hmm. isn't. And in fact, most organizations are multi-vendor. And most organizations are, according to our data, using APIs. And so that that's the issue. You can't you can't sort of say this is a problem for the big boys. Don't worry about it. You know, if you're just a small, unsophisticated organization, I can tell you personally that that we are dealing with it. 
And you can't get any more unsophisticated than we are from a from an infrastructure perspective because we really don't need anything. We just need storage for some stuff. Um, but just to be able to make that happen, you're already dealing with APIs and keeping them up to date. You know, the point here is it's not optional and it's not something just for the big boys and it's not something you can adopt when you're ready. It's something you better be ready to adopt because if you are moving to as a service, you you cannot not be moving to API management and security yeah, at the same time. It's not so optional. So I guess I disagree. My point is, is that I definitely agree that there is value in doing API management in the sense that you're using APIs to configure instantium and to monitor and to alert. To integrate, to integrate, stop, to integrate. That's the only reason. Everything else is nice. To integrate is the main thing. And my point is you can't run an infrastructure without integration. If I'm running something like Service Never and I have to integrate it so it gets alerts from this particular tool, then yes, I'm using the API. And that API is my responsibility, but the API is provided by the vendor, not me. It is, but again, managing the API, understanding what version of the API, you know, my example of the plugins is a case in point. The plugins come from the vendor, they're not mine. Hmm. But the plugins get updated in random days, random hours, and any update that any vendor will bring will suddenly break the, the functioning system because they didn't test with the, the 53, you know, they didn't do regression testing with the other 53 plugins or 52 plugins that yeah, we had, yeah, yeah. you know. So the point is, it is your problem because you have to, as you said, have an asset management yeah. And you have to also that's keep not, in mind security that's not alerts. something I've heard much of a problem with. There was a lot of problems with API versioning in the early days, but the, what they tend to do now is they version the APIs. And, yes. right, and then they also have um, signaling to say this API is becoming end of EOL, and they flag that. Yeah, but that, again, that's a one dimensional aspect of the problem. The problem is when all that happens, you need to be aware that, oh, gee, these five services are depending on this particular API to function and they just changed it and all of a sudden it broke all these five services so we now have to upgrade mm. them to the new version of the so that they can now interface with the new version that the vendor has provided you know again it's all the vendors but it, it, you know it's as if everybody everybody moved into the Microsoft world where everything gets upgraded randomly uh, whether micro you know whether you want it or not uh, only it's not one vendor, it's multiple vendors, and so you get the combinatorial problem. I have a view that what you're talking about here is that API management is, is is part of config management. So, you know, before I would have had to keep a repository of the configurations of all of my devices, right? Or all my Linux servers would have kept a backup of various configuration settings so that I would know how what was that service. To me, what you're talking about here is API management approximates that. Uh, I, I would say that absolutely is correct, and more to the point, um, I'd say it's non-optional in the same way that uh, asset management generally is non-optional. Mm -hmm. So you can say, fine, my asset management is a spreadsheet that Bob updates on Tuesdays. That's pretty crappy asset management, but at least you've got it. If mm. you're, you know, there are organizations that, you know, it's you don't have to have a CMDB, a full-on CMDB. And I guess what you're what you're also alluding to is the fact that if, if the vendor sends me an email and says we're deprecating our API for, then you need to be able to say, am I using that API? And am I like, using no. that API? What am I using that API for? Which 57 other as a services infrastructure as a services are using that API and how is that going to affect them, which is actually harder than it sounds. Like something we talked about in the last show, uh, in show 13 about SaaS, where we talked about unwanted services and features. It's almost inherent that people who make products will not exactly. just stop. You, you bought a product to do X 
And then over time, because you're renting X and you're paying money every month, they feel right. the need to justify why you're still paying that money, right? So they'll tend to add things to the product. That to come back wants. to your yeah, so to come back to <laughs> yeah. your example, it's not just hey, I flag down a taxi and the taxi takes me from point A to point B. It's you know, taxi company A will pick you up at your house. Taxi company B just suddenly changed its services, so it no longer picks you up at the house, but it'll pick you up at the street corner nearest your house. Yeah. You have to actually be a bit aware of that because if you're standing in your front door waiting for the taxi, you're now three hours late for your your plane or whatever, and it's like that level of network complexity that needs to happen. And again, I'm I'm hammering on that is necessary because the problem is infrastructure, even the simplest of infrastructure requires multiple as a services. Those There is integration among those just the same way there's integration among, you know, hardware components. Mm. And you don't get to say, I'm not, I'm not going to do API management because that's not my problem. That's not actually optional. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Packer Pushes Heavy Strategy. Uh, we had to wrap up the discussion here because the show was starting to run long. The basic principle here, and I think Joan has convinced me of this, is that API management and the API content is now part of your configuration management and that you have to be keeping an asset register effectively of your APIs as part of your operational infrastructure. Not something that I think most of us have given too much thought to at this point. What's the answer? What's your question? Did this question give you some insight? If so, please tell other people about Heavy Strategy. And as always, remember that here on the Packer Pushes Network, we have many other podcasts that you can listen to. Just head over to your favorite podcatcher, do a search for Packer Pushes. And as always, remember that the question is probably more interesting than the answers, but only you know the answers. We can help you with the questions.